0: In October 2020, two brothers began recording a podcast about the horror movies they love. All things seemed successful till they vanished in March of 2021. Now they have returned, the same, yet somehow different. You're listening to Horror everybody welcome back to another edition of horror bros i'm your host jason johnson along with jt what's up what's up man how's everything going
1: it, it's going uh how was the uh traffic jam that you had on the way into the studio today
0: oh it was uh, it was a little bit of a bitch <laughs> but it's okay I'm, you get used to it here it happens every day <laughs> and there's construction going on then some idiot goes and wrecks his car and yeah Traffic gets backed Wait. up for a mile and a half. And...
1: Wait, you're living in Louisiana now?
0: <laughs> no, no. Nope, San Marcos, Texas.
1: So we were uh, delayed a week due to just kind of scheduling conflicts. I do yep. have quite a bit of uh, some some news and reviews to get through here. Yeah, um, I got three reviews, actually, just quick reviews of newer movies, movies right. that came out this year. Uh, one skip and two, uh, see it one. That was a surprise. See it, uh, for me, I didn't know how I'd feel about the movie, but, Mm. uh, the first one, the skip it, we'll go ahead and get it out of the way. The last voyage of the Demeter. Yeah. And it's not, not boring for the reasons you think it would be boring. Yeah. For those who don't know, it's based on a chapter, the captain's log in Dracula. So you think it, the possibility of it being boring is just because, oh, well, we know where this journey has got to end. That's not the boring part. The problem is, is I couldn't get over the boredom um, and the logical errors this movie makes. Yeah. I really thought the movie would be a tight ninety-minute movie set in like one night, and it's a race to the sunrise. Like you know, like it's going to yeah. be like that kind of a movie. No, it's over several days, and they talk about how like obviously he can't come out in the daylight we know where the fucker sleeps are we ever going to visit any of that again no we're gonna hunt him at night because we're fucking stupid yeah we're on a ship where we could easily just be like hey here, here's where the devil sleeps good stake his ass yeah get it over with and so the movie could have been this like tight movie because there are some twists with the characters that kind of uh uh, put a twist on the chapter, so to speak. And that all could have been great. And it sucks that this movie is boring because it's well directed. The, the effects for Dracula look good. They did try to do alien on a ship, which I'm totally there for. And, um, the performances are all good. The movie suffers from the one thing no horror movie can survive. And that is it's boring. Yeah. It's almost two hours boring that's what and i was so, worried
0: about with it you know for for the obvious reasons but then yeah and, and for some reason you said a uh show on a ship uh, i just don't it, it's too tight for me and then like you said when you try and span it out over the days of a voyage nah i'm i'm done yeah, it
1: should have been like, if I, if I was the one writing this movie, I would have written it to where it was like, okay, they have one night left before they reach yeah. London. And Dracula decides, oh, it's my time to shine and kill everybody yeah. before I get to London, because I'm close enough now. I don't really need these fools. Yeah, um, But no, they don't do anything like that. And it's just, I'm just like, hating it because I'm really liking the performances. I'm liking the direction I'm liking. I'm liking most of the technical aspects of the movie, but the story itself. Yeah. And so, yeah, it just wasn't a winner for me. Yeah. Um, the surprise, see it for me. And it's for one very specific reason. The Pope's exorcist. Yeah. Uh, with Russell Crowe playing the the Pope's exorcist. He's the reason to watch it. It does not do anything to change the name of the game of, possession movies. I mean, you're going to, right. You're going to get your usual shit uh, from that. Like I'm, I'm the devil and all that kind of shit. Like there's going to be someone who's possessed and shit like that. But Russell Crowe is so good as this character. Who's apparently based on a real guy who was the Pope's exorcist. Um, and he's a Vespa writing, funny, uh, just, kind of cool dad character you want to follow. And so by the end of the movie, I was like, yeah, I definitely recommend this movie. There's even talks of a sequel because it it, kind of has a, and it does have like the conjuring vibes because supposedly like there's, it's based on the files of this guy. So um, you have more movies you could get out of that. And another reason I bring it up is if, if, if there's any proof that horror films are, are, in the mainstream right now, it was number one on Netflix last week. That was when I was originally going to talk about it. And so I definitely say, see that one. Don't want to say too much more about it for spoiler reasons, but the third and final film before we get to the news is, uh, I watched the blackening Yeah, (laughs) and it's funny as hell. Yeah. It's, it, 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 there was really no way that film was going to fail on me. Right. Uh, I mean, the tagline for the film itself is, We can't all die first. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. Which is fantastic. So the humor is there from the
0: beginning, you, oh, before you even oh, walk in. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. And you're going to love this character named Clarence. He's fantastic. He's the he's the white black person, the yeah. one whose black card was revoked because he. And they're like, Clarence, you're the blackest. They had, at one point, they have to choose who's the blackest in order to die. It's like, Well, yeah. Clarence is the blackest. He's like, I voted for Trump twice, yeah. and like, and like, just okay. Quick spoiler alert on this because I want to tell this joke. <laughs> they choose him just out of fucking spite. Right, right? And he's not the blackest. They just choose him, and sure enough, the the basement they're in, the door unlocks, and Clarence has to leave. And he solemnly walks to the door, opens it up, looks at him, and goes, "All lives matter." <laughs> just walk yeah. Right out. Um, that's just one of the many examples though. Of, like, they, it, it's not just about facing the horror stereotypes. Uh, the killer is of course wearing a black face mask, which is just fucking yeah. perfect. Perfect. But, uh, it faces like the ethnic stereotypes. Like there's the sassy black woman. There's the African guy that's actually from Africa. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, the gang bang, the former gang uh, uh, stereotype and so it kind of faces those head on but in a humorous way um, you never feel like, the important thing with this movie is, is is in the wrong hands this could sound preachy it could sound stereotypically preachy is what I mean by that and it doesn't, it, it's very funny it just faces these uh, uh, tropes you see in horror films uh, I definitely recommend it uh, see it for sure there's talks that there may be a sequel to that that movie as well. I, I can see it, and I, I would definitely watch it. Uh, but now we're on to some movie news. Yeah. Um, Blade, ostensibly the first modern superhero film. Forget your Spider-Mans and your x Men's. Came out 25 years ago. Damn. It's 25 years ago. I remember you were home on leave, and we rented that movie Yeah. Um, at the house. and That's when we first watched it. I uh, just wanted to acknowledge an anniversary there. Um, I'll be doing that for the next couple weeks, too, with my film choices. But Saw X has a new poster, which I think is really cool. It says, I heart Saw, except it's a literal I, a literal heart, and a literal saw oh, wow. on the poster. Uh, looks really cool. Um, and now I've just got some release dates. Uh, first off, I was going to announce that this was happening on September 1st last week. It obviously has happened now. Peacock released over 100 horror movies to kick off the fall season and the Halloween season. I'm really loving how everyone's picking up that horror films are the thing to watch right now. And, and right. it's the genre to follow. And um, and they're cheap, so, which is probably what needs right now. Yeah. Um, so that happened. And then I've got some release dates coming up. The latest, Insidious, Insidious the Red Door will be heading to Blu-ray on September uh, 12th. Prey, the prequel to Predator, is finally getting a Blu-ray on October 3rd. And David Gordon Green's Halloween trilogy is getting a new stillbook collection on October 23rd. But the most significant release news is theatrical. Uh, the Exorcist Believer has moved up a week to October 6th in order to avoid the real horror film of October 13th. Taylor Swift the Eras tour um which apparently
0: <laughs> the error uh, to her. yeah i've but got apparent- a i've got a friend of mine that uh her and her uh, husband went they they paid the $1000 a ticket to go see her and uh yeah i mean they had a blast i mean they she's a she's a huge for fan $1000 <laughs> yeah, it, and apparently it is a great concert. It was like three and a half hours long. She played every fucking song she ever fucking wrote, I guess. And uh, um, and yeah, it was so so. I get it. I get the whole mania thing. She's 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 got that thing where it's uh you know it's kind of like she's if I could compare it to anything, although I don't think this level of fame will ever be hit again it's the level she would be this era's, you know, uh, uh, Michael Jackson or yeah. Prince or Madonna, you know, that type of fame. Although I, 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 think that kind of fame is dead, but still.
1: And I should note, I mean, she, her music's just not my type of music. That's yeah. all it is. It, it's not that I
0: think anything
1: ill will towards her, but good Lord, it seems to every time I hear about Taylor Swift, it's, it was the whole ticket master yeah. fiasco or yeah. stuff like that. And I'm just like, I don't care. Yeah. But anyway, that, that's just me. Uh, go watch a Taylor Swift film kids. I'm just old. It's all it is. But I do like how Jason Bloom announced it. He got on a, uh, Twitter and yes, I'm still calling it Twitter. Fuck you, Elon. Um, <laughs> I, he got on Twitter and said that Taylor, look what you've made me do. Exorcist Believer uh, is moving up to October 6th. Hashtag Taylor wins. Uh, yeah. Because apparently he tried to make a, he he was, he briefly attempted to try to make it like an Oppenheimer thing. Like, Hey, see both. Yeah. And it didn't work. And so It's like, well, move it up. We'll get our big nut that first week and then we'll get crushed the next week. Right. By the Taylor Swift movie. But uh, anyway, there are some tidbits. Uh, you know, I don't, Usually have that much, but we we're, I'm kind of making up for last week. Yeah,
0: um, I uh, I I actually uh, saw a little piece of trivia the other day that just made me think about how crazy people are. The original axe that uh, Jack Nicholson used in The Shining to chop down uh-huh. the door and all that, it went up for auction in 2019. Oh yeah. Yep, got the highest bid of uh, two hundred and nine thousand dollars, which I mean, <laughs> you know, I ain't say if I had it, you know, I I might pay that for it, but I mean, it's just fucking crazy to me that this is not like some sci-fi prop replica that you would have to to get the original, you know, you, you, that you have to yeah. to get a prop replica of the fucking thing. Go to the hardware store you know it's, my, <laughs> and my, i did you know uh, but still i just thought it was crazy
1: so wait it was but it was the actual like film it was the actual axe, film
0: right? used axe he see, he chopped the door down with them
1: if i had the money yeah i would do it but with the stipulation that i donate it to an exhibit of some sort yeah because my problem is is these ass rich assholes it belongs in a it. museum yeah he now gets the indiana jones yeah uh motto it, it, it says my problem is some rich asshole gets the the thing and then it ends up in like their fucking vault or yeah. something and, and he, no, no one, one sees ever it. sees it
0: that's one of my biggest problems with art collectors is that that they end up throwing this shit in a vault somewhere and no one ever gets to see it they never display it they never put it on you know loan to a museum or anything yeah that's one of my my big things i can't stand
1: Well, Jason, I don't even have to question who needs to go first. There's a movie that both of us did not see before this show. I think that needs to be the first uh, topic of discussion because I got notes.
0: Oh, Lord. You want me to (laughs) delve into this show for... uh, Yes. uh, Yeah. This uh, crazy shit show. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah, for this... Well, for last week, but, you know, obviously we moved on to this week. I uh, chose the film and... uh, and watch the film the devil's reign uh and uh it's it's about a satanist cult leader uh jonathan corbis he's uh he is burnt at the stake back in the 16 whatever they never really say i think um, and his whole congregation because they were all making a pact with the devil and all this shit um, and so, but he ends up living, you know, because of the power of Satan, you know, and, and he has, uh, all of his followers souls trapped in this thing called the devil's reign. Anyway, uh, it, it's, it's, uh, we'll get into it whenever we start talking about this. Um, uh, the film stars, uh, Ernest Borgnine as Jonathan Corbis, the, uh, the cult leader. Uh, Eddie Albert is Dr. Sam Richards. He is a colleague of uh, Tom Skerritt's character, Tom Preston, who has gone to this small desert town to find out what happened to his mother, played by Ida Lupino, and his brother, Mark Preston, played by William Shatner. Uh, And then there's a, a host of other people in this movie to include... A heavily make-uped John Travolta in his very first film role. Uh, so yeah, um, basically yeah. <sighs> what the fuck, man? This movie starts just weird as shit, and it just never lets the fuck up. It's a there's a rainstorm. Uh, Shatner and Lupino have not gone missing yet. They, they, they're sitting there arguing over this fucking book that they have been entrusted to hide uh, from this from this cult leader guy. Then all of a sudden, um, he, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, his father shows up. Uh, And starts to tell them a message of, you know, bring me the book, you know, bring Corbis the book. And then he fucking melts, uh, (laughs) which is fucking wild. We find out why later. Uh, Yeah, it's it's a crazy fucking film. So
1: when I finished the movie, I knew I had liked it. Yes. But I could not tell you fucking why I liked it. Until I thought about it a little bit more, and the two primary reasons is you are getting Primo Shatner when he's on screen. Oh
0: fucking a! Yeah, I mean
1: th- this is between television series before the uh, movies for of Star Trek, and yeah. and he just that dude doesn't know how not to go a hundred percent.
0: Yeah, real quick uh, to let people know, just so, yeah. I, I forgot to say this was uh, came out in nineteen seventy five, rated PG. Uh, and it uh, was directed by Robert Feust, uh, I don't know, and writer uh, Gabe Esso and two others. It does not tell me who the two others were.
1: James Ashton and Gerald Hopman.
0: All I've right. I knew you would know that. Um,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the fucking shat uh, hits the fan for sure, especially when Amen. he's being tor- tortured. Um But the second reason I like this movie is the other one who showed up to fucking play was Ernest Borgnine. Yes, he did. um, As Corbin. Because this is a dude who's like, I know how to look like fucking Satan himself. Yeah. But you won't take me seriously.
0: Right. Uh, (laughs) And then they throw that fucking latex makeup gig onto him and holy shit.
1: And... Oh, if you want to see people melting, this yes. is the goddamn movie for you, particularly the third fucking act. They fell in love with their melting effects. Yes, which, they did. Which for an extremely low budget movie as this one was, does not look bad. No, it doesn't. Um, That's
0: what surprised me was it was it actually looked really good. Um yeah. but yeah, uh <laughs> So here's an interesting little tidbit for you. So finally, in 2010, Ernest Borgnon was still alive. Mm -hmm. And he's doing a panel. And he decides that, I guess he's safe enough now. It's been, you know, 40, almost 40 fucking years, he can say it. That uh, this movie was uh, financed with mafia money. And he never got paid (laughs) to do it.
1: They never got him his money. Um, yeah, he died in 2012 at the age of 95.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ernest
1: Borgnine, which if you ever saw anyone who never saw what he... Look him up. You would not expect him to live past 40.
0: No, uh, no, by the way he, never.
1: <laughs> he looked. Um, yeah, he also revealed that there were like several odd occurrences and incidents on set that like made him never want to make another film. Uh, related to Satanism ever again, which he never did. Uh, he made other films, you know, like cool indie films, like he's in *Escape from New York*, for example. But right, he. He's like, so that happened, and also, like, the technical consultant for this movie. I, I bet you had this fact uh, loaded.
0: For sure, it was uh, Anton <laughs> LaVey. Bum, bum, bum. The very uh, creator of the Church of Satan. Yes. he, And he's in the film also. He, he, he's got this weird helmet shit on. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed
1: um, that, and I, and I love how, like, everybody was afraid of Anton LaVey at one point, and then years yeah. later, years later, he's like, this was all for fucking show. Yeah, it's all, it's all for, for fun. fun.
0: It was bullshit. <laughs> it, 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 Technically, and in, in even today, if you go to the, the Church of Satan website and you look up the, like, I think it's the Ten Commandments of Satanism, mm-hmm. it's basically, basically, it's a moral code for atheists to live by. Truly, it is just atheists. It's, 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 it's yeah. hilarious.
1: And so, honestly,
0: their moral code includes a lot more shit in it that you would think Christianity's moral code would have in it. <laughs>
1: uh, one of the actresses, actresses in the film, uh, Joan Prather, who plays Julie. Uh, yeah. Who's Tom, I guess Tom Skerritt's like wife or girlfriend. Wife. Or wife, Wife, yeah. okay. And like, she has these like premonitions and shit, and that's another yeah. thing that gets her and him to go look for uh for shatner um she gave uh mr john travolta who is barely in the movie by the way yeah. just known as his yeah. first movie uh she gave him a book on the set of uh yep. the devil's reign called dianetics which yep. for those who don't know what that is that's the book of scientology
0: <laughs> yep and that's the book that started it all uh, and it, uh, it which is, uh, people have pointed this out several times on several different websites about this movie is how it's hilarious that John Travolta is started in a cult film in which he got introduced by a book that got him into a cult. <laughs> the,
1: the best quote I've ever heard about this comes from Arthur, author, uh, Michael Adams. He wrote a book called showgirls, teen wolves, and astro zombies. Yeah. And he called this movie the ultimate cult movie and said, it's about a cult, has a cult following, was devised with input from a cult leader, and saw a future star- superstar indoctrinated into a cult he helped popularize.
0: Yeah. So, <laughs> it's, it's crazy, man. <laughs> it's nuts. Uh, um, but, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah it, um, it, it, this movie was, uh, uh, god damn, I don't know. Listen, this movie is, is for those people who like to watch good schlock horror and, mm-hmm. and is just enjoy the shit out of it so bad it's good type shit. Oh, um, yeah. And plus, it does. And Travolta actually was asked about this movie, and this is what he said. He, uh, let, me, let me go find it. I, I have it written down here somewhere. Uh, tell you what. He said, uh, it, they asked him about this. Uh, God damn, everything I've got on my notes here is all Anton LaVey. Listen, folks, if you don't know anything about Anton LaVey, go look the dude up. It is a very interesting uh, story because he did write the Satanic Bible. He was known heavily for this. Uh, But yeah, Um, well, I can't find it, but here's the thing. He has a quote basically that says, uh, oh, he! I know what it was. He says. Uh, he says they asked him about the movie, and he goes, "Oh God, that movie stinks!" But it had such incredible actors in it, and it does. <laughs> it has this amazing cast, you know. It
1: has Eddie Albert from the Green Acres. In yeah, it, man. Like where what, what? And that, what in the hell is he doing in this movie? When he popped up, I was like, "Ooh, man! Did he get sick of the farm?" And yeah, know, decided. Decided to join the Church of Satan? A little later in life for him, maybe
0: maybe he just needed a little bit of money to put in his pocket. (laughs) Um, One little other, my only
1: other little uh, film behind-the-scenes tidbit about the filmmakers is the movie was edited by Michael Kahn. If that name doesn't sound familiar, Michael Mm -hmm. Kahn would later go on to have a long collaboration with Steven Spielberg and we get nominated for films such as Raiders of the Lost Ark, Schindler's List, and Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. So kids, just know, if one film if one film doesn't work out, the, the, the next billion will. So,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Because <laughs> Michael Kahn is only one of the greatest living editors in the world, yeah. and he tried his best with this movie. He tried. He did,
0: he did. And he can did tell okay th- with it. I mean, it does have... <laughs> you could-
1: You could tell with the third act, though, that he was just like, I have no more melting footage. I'm just going to have to cut back and forth and back and forth and back.
0: A lot of the reason Shatner wasn't in this movie uh, as much as he he could have been was uh, that he had to leave production for three days because of a Star Trek convention he had agreed to go speak at. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's perfect. Yeah.
1: Even before the movies started he's already having to go to <laughs> Star yep, Trek.
0: yep um the uh the special effects and makeup guy for this was ellis berman uh and uh the interesting thing about the melting people uh th- at the end of the movie well and at the beginning with the dad um he used uh, wax figures of course because you can melt wax and then uh, uh, in the finale, where there's everybody's melting and all that shit, inflatable sex dolls were used. Uh, I guess they were covered in a waxy substance that was melted and, uh, and deflated at the same time. Which was yeah, yeah,
1: sure, it was wax. It was wax. We'll just right. say it
0: was wax. Right, let's <laughs> hope. Uh, but yeah, the, I, I don't know what to say about this movie other than I shouldn't have loved it but I did
1: same here. I yeah. mean, it's pure schlock. And if you can, yeah. if you can set through schlock, like we can, um, then the movie is going to, it's going to work for you. Yeah. Um, it, it is not an intelligent film, uh, unlike our next film, which we'll talk about here in just a few. Um, but it, it, yeah, I, it, it, Ernest Borgnine and William Shatner, uh, go <laughs>
0: ahead and yeah. watch it. Um, and tom scarrett i thought he did a good job with what he did too
1: tom scarrett did a good job i think he was just more the generic uh every man character though like yeah he, he played yeah. It a little oh, bit for more sure. straighter than everyone um and, and uh prather as julie uh did a good job too i thought so yeah but yeah oh my god the crazy when they go back 300 years to explain where corbin comes from and and how he is terrorizing the descendants and Oh, my God. William Shatner in that scene is fantastic. (laughs)
0: Um, Yeah, for sure.
1: God, because William Shatner, that long-haired wig and the pilgrim. (laughs) We still believe in you. We still believe in you. It's not me. It's not me. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Oh, 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 one more interesting fact before we move on to your movie. Uh Uh, uh. Shatner swears up and fucking down that the the uh, Captain Kurt William Shatner mask used uh for Michael Myers was not cast out of uh the uh cast for this film's makeup. However, if there is a picture, and I'll send it to you so you can throw it up on the blog. There's a picture of him in this fucking movie that where they've already blacked out his eyes because he's become possessed and uh it looks like the fucking mask from the movies. I don't think there's any way that with after he had his makeup and on that this was not the cast used for that fucking mask.
1: I know the image you're talking about and yeah, yeah I mean, very possibly it could be. I mean, Hey, if if Shatner claims, I'll I'll go with what Shatner says. But yeah, it, it's yeah. it looks a little too similar, uh, yeah, yeah, for it maybe not to be that. Um, But anyway, Devil's Rain. If you like Schlock B movies, hey, have a go go have a blast.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I, and I don't know I, why you could not find it on Shutter because when I went to Shutter, it was still there. So I
1: looked up and down, and yeah, it. it it would not pull up for me. Hmm. So I don't That's know what, what happened there, but, um, uh, and if it, if by some chance you can't find it on shutter, uh, it's, it's on Pluto. If you don't mind ads and stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, devil's Ring, check it out. So let's fast forward the clock a little bit, uh, to 2022. Yes. Just last year, a writer and director who's on an upward trajectory in his career, uh, creates his third directorial effort. It's writer and director Jordan Peele, and the movie is Nope. Nope. Um, the movie, uh, basically, it stars Daniel um, Kaluuya, I think I'm saying his name right, um, uh, Kiki Palmer, uh, Steven Yun, um, Brandon Perea, Michael Wincott, and Keith David. The uh, movie is basically after encountering a, encountering a UFO, uh, O.J. and M. Haywood, who own a horse ranch made to raise horses for films and television, they try to set up a camera system in order to get what they call the Oprah shot that will get them enough money to keep the ranch afloat and maybe make them famous as well. However, what happens when one uh, when one gives in to trying to make a quick buck while trying to exploit the spectacle of something that could prove to be Dangerous for all involved. This movie uh, blew me away watching it for this review. I loved it when it came out last year. Yeah. But as I was re-watching it, I'm like, damn, Jordan Peele knows how to make it uh, spin a good yarn, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, the movie, it's a little bit more ambitious in its themes than Get Out and Us, his two previous films. Get Out was very much straightforward. It was about racism, both uh, both outward and the internal systemic racism that you don't always see. Um, and then Us was about class, uh, class in America and how one class can hold down another. Not necessarily intentionally, sometimes very intentionally, simply because they don't want to give up their positions of power. Uh, this movie deals with spectacle and fame and how we're obsessed with it. I mean, today when something bad happens, you don't immediately think to go to the authorities. You pull out your fucking phone and start recording. Right. Um, because you think, oh, this will be a good YouTube video or a good tweet or something like that. Uh, Kiki Palmer's character, M, the, uh one of the, the brother-sister combos, she actually, at the beginning of the movie... When she introduces herself to people on set, instead of talking about what they do with the horse ranch, she's like, "I'm on YouTube, Twitter. I do this. I dance on the side. I do this." You know, and she's yeah. saying all this other crap. Where OJ, which is Kaluza's character, afterwards says, "You don't need to bring any of that shit into here. This isn't about that. We 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 need. You know, we got to make money for the for the ranch, and you're not helping out because you're not making this a priority. You right. know, this ranch isn't your priority." Um, And all the other characters um, fall victim in some way or another to um, the spectacle of the UFO because they don't understand it. And who is the only person that ends up understanding the UFO and what it is and how it works? The one guy who doesn't give a shit about how to get famous off of it. The one who's like, wait a minute, This 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 is how it works. But everybody else is trying to exploit it to their own detriment. Um, I think that, oh my God, one of my favorite moments in this movie, this is kind of random, is Michael Wincott. He's the Quint of this movie. Yeah. He's this, he's this filmmaker that, I've been told it's implied he's sick in the movie, but they don't really show that in any way, shape or form. Yeah. I didn't think. and but that was like, because of what happens to him. Some people were like, oh, I think he was just trying because it was his last hoorah and all that. And, I was like, I I think y'all are looking into that too much. Uh, he's just the Quint. He wants that impossible shot. And it's right. Like that's his Ahab moment. That's, you know, but whatever. His rendition of One Eyed Purple People Heater is one of the most fucking terrifying renditions of yeah. that song. Just the, There's a one eyed, one horned purple people heater. <laughs> 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 and, uh, and Michael Wincott, he's. Like one of my low-key favorite character actors. If if you yeah. don't, if you want to know what he, one of the films he's most famous for, go watch 1994's The Crow. He is a fantastic villain in that movie. Um, <laughs> How do you feel, boy?
0: <laughs> like yeah. a
1: worm on, like a big worm on a little hook. Like a big worm on a little hook. <laughs> like just, he's that over-the-top, yeah, awesome bad guy. <laughs> Um, he's not in the movie very much, but it also has one of my absolute favorite actors, Keith David, who plays the father of OJ and M. And it's actually, sadly, it is his uh, death at the beginning of the movie that sort of kicks off everything.
0: Right. And then
1: uh, where this film came from for pill from Jordan Peel, is pill wrote the movie while under lockdown and he wanted to, so therefore, he wanted to create a, key, a creature that came from the sky. Um, because while we all wanted to get back outside, the times were so uncertain about when we could go outside and whether or not it was safe to go outside. Bill said that he wanted to put the fear of what is in the air throughout the script and talk about a success. Because after this movie was released. I remember driving to work the next day, and I looked up in the sky and I saw this one single cloud. And I'm like, "Nah, it's a fucking alien." <laughs> yeah. Because spoiler alert: the, the UFO, uh, I'll just say, hides, quote unquote, in a cloud um, that doesn't move. That's kind of how they figure out why they can't see it all the time. But um, Peele cited films uh, Jaws and Jurassic Park as inspirations. Um, which I can totally. I saw that when I watched the movie Jaws big time, but, uh, Jurassic park for sure, because Jurassic Park's also about a bunch of people who want to exploit something dangerous for spectacle. Yeah. Uh, for the spectacle of it all. And they don't stop to think about what, what implications could that mean? If we agitate this thing or uh, deal with something that maybe we shouldn't have dealt with. Um, and then I was so glad that he also cited signs, as an inspiration for this movie, because I think that's mm-hmm. one of Shyamalan's underrated movies. Yeah. Um, because not long after that Gibson went through his stuff and not long after that Shyamalan kind of had a dip in quality for his films yeah. for, for a hot minute. And, uh, but signs is such a good movie. And I definitely saw that when I watched this movie, just because being out in a, uh, in a, on a ranch and it's instead of a farm, but it's a ranch and they're isolated there. Um, it's fantastic, and then finally, it's got one of the most original UFOs that I've ever seen yes. committed committed 100%. to film.
0: Because
1: whenever we found out what it was and what it could do, I was like, "Holy shit, that is just fantastic!" Um, but yeah, I love this movie, and I, I just I hope Pill Streak stays alive because for me, he's three for three uh, with this movie. Um, Jason, what do you think of the, of
0: Nope? Oh, I love this movie. I love its themes. I love the, the, you just mentioned the, the very, uh, unique UFO that they had in this movie. Uh, I like when they go back and tell a little bit of backstory about this, uh, one particular character, Steven Young's yes. character, uh, and, uh, the things that had happened to him in the past. And, um, yeah it it's it's just a great film and uh the of course, my favorite scene in the barn where we actually get to hear the line nope <laughs> yeah
1: that is one thing I yeah. love there there are two moments where the characters actually react the way we always fucking want them to in horror yep. films. <laughs> at one point their M is looking up in the sky and goes, Oh no, no 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 and starts
0: to run the other yeah. way.
1: And then yes, that Barn scene was fucking executed perfectly, perfectly. too because God damn! When you're thinking, you're oh shit, are these the fucking aliens? And the, and right. it's that it's framed just right to where they're not. They're, they're kind of on screen, but they're not. And then, and then yeah, finally when he sees them, he's like and, and does what you said. Nope. I yeah. love that he backs up. And when the and when one lowers behind him, he does what we should do in a horror movie. He punches the shit
0: yeah yeah out
1: of it. Um, that is a fantastic scene. That's probably one of my favorite scenes, along with um, a particular scene that happens at uh, Jupiter's Landing. Um, yeah, when maybe uh, Jupe is uh, which is Stephen, Stephen Young's character, Jupe uh, is trying to show off the alien character. Yes, and I'll leave it at that on that one, but um, I love. I really hope he he worked with him on get out and he's worked with him on this film. I hope he'll continues to work with Kalua. I think they work very well together. Yeah. I think Kahlua is just a great actor. And he, (laughs) what I love about it is uh, he was asked um, about being in this movie. And he was like, how did you get involved in this movie? He said, I read the script. And said yes, and whenever I got out there, we talked about maybe things I didn't understand (laughs) in the script. Um, Because, yeah, this movie, I will say this. This is a movie that is not going to hold your hand in giving you all the answers. You'll have enough of the answers by the end that you'll understand what happened. Right. For sure. But as far as the themes that Peel is talking about here, there are multiple themes. There are multiple ideas in this movie. And it's at times up to you to figure out what those themes are. And that's more so than Peel's previous two films that pretty much just told you straight up this is what the movie's about.
0: You're right. Um
1: I but it's a very ambitious film. It's a thinking man's horror movie or a thinking person's horror movie. And um uh, the great thing uh, is, is I, I think this movie will go on to have a bigger following as the years go by. I think, I think when more people kind of go back to revisit his earlier films like Get Out and Us and whatever else he makes from here on out,
0: yeah. they're
1: going to revisit Nope, and I think Nope is going to continue to rise in appreciation
0: for sure, for sure. Yeah. And just
1: as a p- little PS fun note. Uh, the cinematography in this film is done by Hoyt Van Hoytema, who works with Christopher Nolan and will probably win a fucking Oscar for Oppenheimer. Anyway. uh, (laughs) But, yeah, I love this movie.
0: Yeah, I I, I thought it was great. I thought it was fantastic. Um, uh, A couple little interesting. I love the little behind-the-scenes little things. Uh, There is an Easter egg. In this movie, uh, Stephen Young's character, Jupe, which we mentioned earlier, he has a large pair of metal scissors on his desk. The last time we saw that large pair of metal scissors, Jordan Peele's previous film, Us. And uh, scissors featured prominently in that film, actually. (laughs) So uh, I love little stuff like that. I love little Easter eggs and things. Those are... uh, those are my fun little things which that's a movie we really need to talk about god damn talk about trying to figure out things and how and what it is and all and there are so many little easter eggs in that movie
1: oh Uh, yeah yeah Yeah.
0: tons of them oh Uh,
1: I definitely plan on covering uh Pills other films in the future for sure oh yeah I'm sure we will
0: yeah I chose
1: Note because it's it was the most recent one and Probably the one with uh, the, the most ambition. And again, when I say most ambition, I just mean he's dealing with multiple themes and right. and, and and ideas this time around. It's not as clear cut what he's trying to tell you. Right. Uh, the main theme of spectacle comes through because there's even a quote about spectacle at the beginning of the movie. But uh, other themes like I love the fact that that Logan Paul <laughs> came out with a negative review for this movie. It was stupid. I didn't get what it was about. And, and I just yeah, love how everybody about, was like, it's mm-hmm. about you. <laughs> that's why yes, you don't like dipshit. it. You. Re- that's why you don't like it. In fact, if you had made it through the whole movie, because I think he said he walked out, he would have realized that there's a character probably most directly based on p- assholes like him. Uh, that's another cool design, too, was the uh, TMZ Guy, the motorcycle,
0: yeah, that comes in with the yeah. shiny.
1: Has this cool shiny helmet. You never see his face. You never learn his name. And I love how, in a horror movie voice, M says, "Oh my god, guys, it's TMZ." Like, <laughs> like he's a fucking monster yeah. himself.
0: Yeah. Um.
1: But yeah, <laughs> we'll definitely get to. Uh, I digress. We'll definitely get to uh, Bill's other other films for sure, especially us. I, I definitely want to talk about us. I actually want to talk about us because I maybe have seen that film twice. Yeah. I just haven't had a chance to revisit it as much as I would like.
0: Um, yeah, I, I, I love that movie. I, I, in fact, I may even have a, one day in October, whenever I'm sitting around watching scary movies, I may just have a Jordan uh, Peel day and watch all three yeah. films.
1: Um, I can't believe it's been six years since Get Out. Like yeah. that film feels like it came out yesterday. Jesus. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So there you go. One crazy, schlocky, fucking whacked out, hell of a movie. Yeah. And then one intelligent, ambitious. Great. Film with yeah. a message. Yep. <laughs> We're covering both spectrums here on the show today, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Yeah. Um, I really don't have anything more to say about Nope. Uh, you want me to go ahead and talk about what what's hit the blog here recently?
0: Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: All right. Uh, for uh, once again, our blog is horrorbros.blogspot.com. I may buy the do- domain one day, but I'm not. I'm not going to pay that much money to get rid of Blogspot just yet. Anyway, um, I have written reviews for The Blackening and The Last Voyage of the Demeter, if you want to read any more of my thoughts on those films. I also have written reviews for Nope and The Devil's Rain, the two movies we've covered on today's episode. And then I have two other articles. Um, one, I haven't chosen this film in particular because it's probably going to be part of a special one day. Yeah. Uh, but I wrote a blog called uh, an article called 20 Years of Freddy vs. Jason. Freddy vs. Jason is 20 years old this year.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: dude, does that movie hold up. There's some uh, computer effects work that maybe, you know, is very 2003 janky. Um, there's one particular uh, homophobic slang in in the movie that definitely doesn't drive today. You're right. But... Uh, but man, to watch Robert England as, as Freddy Krueger. I remember when that film came out in 2003, we had not seen him in nine years in that role. And so it was great to just see England as Freddy again. The movie is more of a, a Freddy movie that just happens to feature uh, Jason. But the two writers, uh, I think it's Damien Shannon and Mark Swift, they definitely understand. Uh, understood the assignment of bringing those two together in this kind of horror comedy, because it's from the director of Ronnie Yu, uh, the director of The Bride of Chucky. So, you know, they got (laughs) someone uh, who knows how to make this kind of movie. But anyway, love that movie. And then uh, the other article that I wrote was another review for a movie in the 80s. It was a movie I just randomly watched during the week and decided to write a review for it. And that was uh, My Bloody Valentine. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. The Prowler which is exactly (laughs) like my bloody Bloody fucking valentine Valentine. yeah um i really enjoyed it i i think what i came to find when i was watching the movie though is that um the prowler has the better kills while while my bloody valentine has the better script the story for in my bloody valentine yes it's similar it's about a killer in the past and then they fast forward and there's a dance that's been canceled for several years because of what happened in the past and all of that stuff. But my bloody Valentine does a better job with the story, but the kills are good in the prowler for very one, very important reason. Tom Savini. Yeah. Uh, Tom Savini did the yeah. kills. And so, you know, that th- that's what's going to make this movie work, especially towards the third act because Lawrence tyranny who, by the way, I don't think I've ever seen Young, yeah. <laughs> uh, is, in, is in The Prowler. And for anyone who doesn't know who Lawrence Tierney is, go watch Reservoir Dogs. That's probably, in his later life, was one of his better roles. Uh, okay, ramblers, let's get rambling. Um, anyway, he's in the movie as this colonel. He never speaks, and you see him like twice, and he just fucking disappears. Something tells me that famous tyranny. Uh, terror was happening and they probably fired his ass. Right. Because <laughs> it feels like he was, his storyline was cut down to shit. But, um, he's still in it briefly. But, uh, that was a good movie. So, uh, go check those re- uh, reviews out. Enjoy, enjoy the articles. And yeah, uh, yeah. Of course, I'll still be writing articles for just about any other horror film I watch. I didn't write one for The Pope's Exorcist. I, I don't know why. But, anyway, that's what's on the site.
0: Cool. Uh, Um, are you, are you posting your other film reviews behind, besides, uh, uh, horror anywhere?
1: I am. I got a blog called, uh, the geekly, uh, blog dot, uh, blogspot.com. Yeah. Um, and that's, yeah, that's where I put all my other generic, um, uh, not generic, just my other reviews and stuff like anything else I do beyond horror. Yeah, is on that that blog as well, and yeah, here recently, uh, Blue Beetle. I wrote yeah. a review for Blue Beetle, which cool. surprisingly good. Go like if anyone can get a chance to go watch it, go watch it because that I was like shocked. I went, I only went to go watch it because it was four dollar movie day last week, and I was like, yeah. well, I'll watch it for four dollars. This, but I, yet I still left the movie pissed because I left the movie thinking this is what DC should have been making up yeah. to this point. Yeah. Like, it's <laughs> um, just dark anti hero shit. And for our anyway. listeners
0: out there, just so y'all know, go check out both uh, review sites because JT is an extremely good writer and a very good movie critic. Um, and that's not just coming from me, it's not just his brother saying that. Uh, there, We know several people uh, to include a uh movie writer and director i won't say who because i don't want to throw him out there if he don't yeah, want to be out yeah, there yeah, yeah. but he uh he even sings jt's praises so if you want a good uh get, go get the skinny on all the movies out there go read his reviews they're really good and i'm
1: trying to watch more and more uh because due to the pandemic and er- and everything i was not watching as many movies, obviously, but, uh, I'm trying to get back into it. I've seen 27 movies this year and that's been the most since the pandemic started. So I'm I'm definitely back in the game. Real quick.
0: (laughs) Well, real quick. Speaking of critics, uh, on the devil's reign, uh, it is on, uh, Roger Ebert's list of most hated films. (laughs) (laughs) which isn't surprising i mean that is not a surprise at all man. that when it
1: comes to the horror genre roger ebert was a tough person to impress i wonder if roger ebert's
0: most hated films if valley of the dolls is on the top of that list yeah the one (laughs) film he wrote yeah uh, (laughs) um well do you want to go ahead on and uh we'll rate these films yeah absolutely
1: uh the devil's reign we'll start with that what, what do you give it first this was your film i'll you give this
0: your uh, first. I'll give this film uh 10 out of 10 uh uh urns with thunderstorms going inside of them full of souls
1: I will give this movie five out of five melting faces there's it go. needs because it needs more melting Yes. I feel like Christopher Walken was off to the side saying, more oh, face melting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um and nope. I mean hell. I give I give nope five out of five uh shiny silver helmets that will get you fucking killed.
0: Yes. Uh mine, uh Jesus. Uh what do I give this movie? Uh, I'm trying to think. It's, uh, oh, I, I mentioned it earlier. I'll just do that. I'll, I'll give it 10 out of 10 pairs of scissors that appear in multiple films. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, I, yeah, I also,
1: my, my alternative was I give this 5 out of 5 Gordies. For
0: yeah. the people who've
1: seen the movie, they'll know what that means.
0: You know, and here's <laughs> the funny part. I came out of the Devil's Reign thinking, okay, this is the first time I'm going to actually take a couple of, couple of points off of a film's rating, but the more I thought about this movie throughout the two weeks, you know, between uh, last episode and now, it, the more I like the fucking movie. I don't know why. It just...
1: It, it, yeah, it was very weird to to write the review for it because I, at the end, I did have to kind of cop out and say, look, I like this movie, but I can't exactly tell you why. Yeah. And then I, I
0: came to the conclusion it's Borgnine and, and Shatner. Yeah. I think we're looking at uh, Shatner in a piece of film that's not Star Trek and it's not <laughs> TJ Hooker. It is just a, him in a film and it's uh, it, it, Shatner at his fin- finest. You know, it's a real mm-hmm. chat show, if you know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> <laughs> Uh, But um, so do you have any idea what uh, what you're going to do next week? Oh, yes, sir. I do. I'm going back
1: in time, my friend. Thirty five years. In fact, I may have mentioned uh, I think I mentioned that previously. Uh, Thirty fifth anniversary this year of a time when the circus came to town and okay. the clowns from outer space killer started clowns invading from outer space killer Holy clowns from outer shit. space yeah 1988 uh, a movie that is celebrated at spirit halloween stores everywhere uh yep. there is killer merch at spirit halloween stores all the time yes and uh it's just oh i fucking love this movie this is one you introduced me yes. to i think this is one, that one of we my a... favorite
0: cult classic films
1: is this one where we had it recorded somehow?
0: I may because have. Yeah, I want to, s- yeah, I want I to I say I to...
1: watched it multiple yeah. times that way. When
0: I was a kid, I would I would have uh, HBO running constantly, and I would take a, a VHS, put it on long play, like six hours, you know, worth of film, and put two or three movies on one uh, one tape. And I'm and I'm I had to have caught this movie at some point because it played a lot on HBO. You
1: doing that? Uh, was also how I saw, and this is random as hell, just, just popped yeah. into my head, you talking about recording. That's how I saw Gleaming the Cube multiple yes. times, because yes. you had that on tape. And, oh my God, dude, that movie fucking holds up. Where is the 4K release of it? I yes. want it now. Yes, <laughs> I
0: want Gleaming the Cube. I actually heard that movie's been released under another name, too, and I can't think of what it was. i have to I see if I find too. it.
1: I'll tell you what, what is the name of your film if you've got one? Uh, I'm going to go
0: 30 years after you. Uh, From 1988 to 2018's A Quiet Place. Nice. I love this movie. I can't wait. Uh, Plus, it's got Jim in it and uh, from The Office. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, anything with with John Krasinski and it's going to be good.
1: Just to give you an answer to your question, gleaming the cube is also known as a brother's justice.
0: Nice. And skater die. No, which... skater die. That's the one I had heard of. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, and
1: it's known in the Philippines as challenge to win
0: again. Yeah.
1: What the fuck does that mean? Uh,
0: who knows? This must be hey, a translation from Tagalog.
1: Let's just put it this way: gleaming the cube. It it, it may be uh, your generic. Uh, brother has to avenge his adopted Vietnamese brother's death, but, uh, but you've never seen it this way, as Joe Briggs would say.
0: That's right. (laughs) Uh, yeah, Gleaming the Cube. Not a horror film, but still a, uh, horror bros recommendation. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, for sure. I give
1: it five out of five Tony Hawks.
0: Yes, yes. (laughs) Who's Uh, in the movie. (laughs) I give it five out of five, uh, uh uh ra- uh pirate radio stations, which we don't even get until Slater's <laughs> next film. Uh- <laughs> Pump up the volume, ladies <laughs> yes, and gentlemen. Sir. Yes, sir. Pump it's up a, the volume. It's just
1: Slater double feature.
0: <laughs> That's right. Uh two two films that are just okay. It, okay. Christian Slater. Let's just let's just put it out there. Not the best choices in, in film roles. Could have been more than what he was, but still a great actor uh fantastic actor uh, and
1: there is a horror comedy yes that i was just
0: fixing to say if you want to bring this back to horror bros one of the best films ever made heathers you gotta watch heathers people
1: uh absolutely it's the anti 80s teen movie 80s teen movie right and (laughs) i'm
0: sure we are going to cover it at some point on this show so oh yeah um but anyway, um, so we've got our films locked in for next week. Uh, Shit,
1: we got talking about in the Cube*. What was yours again? A Quiet Place. I'm there. Yes, I'm back, I'm back yes, on
0: *A Quiet a track. Place*, which is a movie okay. I absolutely just adore. Um, so, um, man,
1: we are living in a good era for horror. Yeah, it's we just, are. We, we're we're in a good sweet
0: spot. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, I think it's about time we. Head off into the sunset on this thing. Uh, remember, folks, until next week, remember, love each other. Bye.
1: Later.